0: what's up everybody welcome back to the martian and ozzy podcast this week we're going to be talking about the ufc 296 pay-per-view going down this weekend from las vegas leon edwards versus colby covington and in the co-main event a rematch for the flyweight championship between alexandre pantoja and brandon royval it also marks our 100th episode where i'm joined by my man ozzy to discuss these fights and uh you know it's been a pleasure having my man with me along uh this road uh, along this long and and uh fortuitous road at times uh but yeah he's definitely you know elevated the podcast brought a lot of uh new viewers uh to the forefront so i appreciate him for that and uh, i'm joined by him once again here for the 100th time how we doing this week my man
1: hola amigos the century mark I saved you guys from those long, ominous uh, monologues of one Pennsylvania resident, John Martian. And yeah, we're off that, uh, you know, China, you know, Vegas card. We're here last event of the year, numero 100. We'll see if uh, if we're coming back for, you know, season, I guess, three, if we'll be renewed for 2024. Um, but we're trying to go out on a bang and hopefully uh, with maybe some new champions. But uh, overall, top to bottom, filled sleep. And I'm looking forward to
0: media day, to the press conference, you know, all, and all that comes with it. Yeah, you won't be seeing Ian Gary at that press conference. Ian Machado Gary. No, gotta...
1: no. no I think he, he didn't go to the media day.
0: No, no, he tomorrow. No, he officially said he's not he going said... either.
1: He said he's not going to the press conference.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! I God. The, and is it? Tr- it's true that this that this the Machado. I'm just realizing. No, is no. His this is, the, what? that 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 part is
1: not true. Be, or from is, my is. understanding, no, it's not true. The, oh, what about the, the ex ex husband? The guy, his name was not Machado. The ex husband. The ex husband was some British dude. He wasn't. Really? He doesn't have. Yeah, she's, like, half Brazilian, so I think Machado is, like, maybe from her dad's side or some shit like that, and she had, like, another last thing. But either way, is weird, but, yeah, go ahead. Give us your opinion, Marsha. Your opinion is probably more uh, spicy. Go ahead.
0: Well... I personally, am, I'm not a fan of the guy, but my man, my man, Joseph Coco is a big fan of him and has met him in person. And, and he, uh, he was very I cool met him. My... I met him as well. I met him the, the, the time when he, when he knocked out Jordan Williams, the, the day that she
1: was wearing like fucking athletic tape as her dress, like just covering her nipples and like, you know, like a fucking, you know, you'll see the picture. But anyway.
0: Interesting, um, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right though her she was born with the last name Machado, to be fair. there you so, go, yeah um, But yeah, i mean we'll we'll talk about Ian in a little bit, um last week, pretty mediocre week of bets for me, um, and uh, I'll leave it at that <laughs> mm, um yeah, just you know, uh, didn't track much, but uh lost three out of four, so uh any, it it happens. any recap from you? Uh, yeah, you know, solid card, I uh, up, up about two units on it.
1: Biggest bet was Kevin, uh, Drew Set. unfortunately dropped the unit with, uh, like Park, that Park decision. I disagreed with it. I thought Park should have won the fight. Malarkey was the only bet that I regret. Um, and then we got, you know, good decisions, fortunately with Santos and Al- Alan Carr. So I can't really complain that much about the, uh, Park decision. It's mostly, like, if you bet three of those like that and you get two out of the three decisions, like, it's honestly good. So, I, I'm not as upset. So, I didn't go as big as you did on them. But there were some good live numbers. But I, I just felt like that fight, if you score round one, is easy. Like, even though there is nuance in it, to me, it's an easy fight to score. Because if you're going to give uh, Park round one or round three, got to give him the other one, in my opinion. Like, it, does, it didn't make sense. Or if you – especially if you give him round one. He definitely won round three, then, if that's the case. And that was not um, the case on the on on the final scorecard. That was uh, one of the guys gave fucking Mooney's round one, uh, two, and three. That shit makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, it's either um... Mooney's round one and two or fucking Jung Young Park won the fucking fight. Cocksuckers ruining my boy, my boy Turtle Iron Turtle's Christmas, bro. What the fuck?
0: Yeah. I mean, he parked definitely won the first and the third. Um, you know, he just, I mean, it's hard to get too outraged because of it. Because, like you said, we got no. a lucky early in the no. card. We got a little no. lucky early in the card. Uh, with, uh, Talking Carr, about half his paycheck. And the, he won't let this deter him. So, hopefully, we get a better line <clears> on him in his next fight or something. uh, Run it back. Run it back. Enough about about last week. We got a lot of fights to get through this week. We got a pretty stacked pay-per-view main card. uh, (coughs) A few good prelims as well. So we're going to get right into these fights. The first fight is an original UFC title fight. You don't get too many of those these days. First time this is happening. Leon Edwards versus Colby Covington for the Welterweight Championship. The champion, Leon, is Defending minus 170, a lot of steam on Leon Edwards. Colby Covington has been shot up to plus 145. So your turn to start this one off. Let's let's hear your thoughts on the main event first for a change.
1: Yeah, low key, obviously, or maybe not obvious, but a lot of times when um, they're British, you know, fighters up top, top billing, they end up getting wagered on. You know, that's the case here with Leon Edwards. It was the case of Tom Aspinall, Patty. Molly McCann, for God's sakes. So I remember when Molly McCann was a favorite against Larissa Percopio, and People were like, when it started going the other direction, the Brits came and they're like, ah, he's going to killer." her. Definitely did not happen. Or even against like Aaron Blanchfield. So, but, I mean, obviously, there's credence to why you would bet on Leon, right? Oh, you know, maybe he passed his test already. Kobe's inactivity. All these kinds of things. Me, personally, I like Kobe Cummington in this fight. Now, Kobe is the kind of guy where... He has this style where right when he was in the UFC, like early on in the UFC career, he would have been a, a a tough for most people to handle. Um, but he didn't have the style that people really wanted to see. So they don't push guys like that. It's like Danny Sabatello, right? Danny Sabatello probably could have um been high ranking in the UFC uh, band and weight division, but they didn't like his fucking style, so they didn't even sign him. And look what he ha- what happened to him in you know Bellator. Like did it did anything really good happen i mean other than the raffian sauce beef like the guy's fights are boring like that's like the promotion side of things so with colby um why i'm bringing this up is i just think that him no matter when he fights leon edwards unless he's significantly deteriorated it's gonna be a tough fight for leon edwards now leon uh his a lot of his wrestling uh responses still are not the best there's like certain points where he does like some like spins to get away from kamaru sometimes when he's like you know uh he's kind of like up on like one leg up in the air and he's kind of like leaning on a fence and he was fortunate that kamaru couldn't scoop him up colby is a much better leg wrestler and a mat wrestler and he knows how to put you down keep you down the angles to to kind of like push you, push you in. Um, and then the riding uh, areas as well. So like places where, uh, Leon was kind of like sitting against the fence and then he would like kind of just fight off Kamaru's hands and then get back up to his feet. Kobe is dig, he's mixing in that Dagestan style when they're dragging your legs out, they're freaking, you know, hooking in, riding you. Kamaru Uzman really has never, uh, been such a fighter. Um, and I just think on the feet, the, the fact that they're both uh, same stance um, is going to take away a lot of the advantages that Leon does with the, with the left kick. Um, they usually, he always kicks the dick and the balls. When, he, when you, someone kicks you in your balls, you're going to be more hesitant and you're looking to drop your hands, and that's how these guys are like head kicking you and doing all that stuff. So I think Colby gets his ground game going, takes Leon down, avoids big shots, and uh, becomes a new champion. Maybe Leon gets it back from him, honestly, but I like I'm riding Colby, especially at these dog odds. I like them at plus 110. I'll eat them, I'll take them all day at 145.
0: Let's go and new 110. Dan, that's some big time negative, uh, CLV there, but. You know, oftentimes that doesn't matter in this here game of ours. Um, I think the lines are are looking pretty accurate for the fight. The money line that goes the distance goes to distance at um, around you know sixty five percent. I think that might even be um, the most valuable bet on the the card be, or on the fight because I just really see this one going the distance. Obviously. Colby winning and getting his game going is correlated to going the decision because he just can't establish good positions in anybody. He doesn't do damage in his fights. He kind of just holds you against the cage and that, you know, gets that one hook in and kind of just, you know, tries to.
1: He bullies you, lad. And we're
0: gonna bully him. Yeah, well, by by land, yeah, like like a tra- uh, a schoolyard bully, like putting you in like a headlock and giving you like a noogie or something. Um, that's kind of his fighting style. Um, so man, he gets that you. one. He gets that one hook in and just does that like shit where he attempts like he's going for a rear naked choke. And I mean, I don't. I get that the number is it, it, to some is enticing. I get that people don't like Leon, but Colby, um, you know, humping his way to a one-legged decision riding victory sounds absolutely horrible uh to me so i'll definitely be cheering for leon i hope he wins the fight and just going back and re-watching that usman fight, man really impressive how he dealt with the defensive grappling there and in the first fight way back in the day he showed some signs of being able to escape the second fight in utah he didn't really uh escape any positions on the ground there he was just constantly pinned against the fence taken down And then the third fight, you just saw him stuff takedowns, get up from takedowns, you know, uh, get pushed against the fence for a little bit. And then he dug under hooks and, you know, got off the fence. And I just thought it was really impressive how every time Usman pinned him to the fence or took him down briefly, he was right back up and he was separating back in distance, you know, 30, 45 seconds later. So I just think that his defensive grappling has been really, you know, um, sharply tuned. Uh, And I think that it's going to translate well to this fight because I I rate Usman, as a better fighter and wrestler. So I think that he's, you know, very well equipped to deal with that style again here in Colby and his his strikes just look on point there. Those knees up the middle, the body kicks from the Southpaw stance were really sharp. And um, you know, I I, I think both of these guys style is like inherently a little close rounded, you know, like Colby, he doesn't do damage. So like his rounds are going to be controlling. So that doesn't give him a big round margin. And then Leon might spend his back to the fence for some of these rounds and then separate and land some strikes, but not like the most devastating strikes. He doesn't throw a ton of punches to the head. He does a lot of body work. So I think both these guys have uh, the ability to have like close rounds. So I just see this one being a fairly competitive decision that Leon just. Lands the better strikes, escapes positions at key times, uh, and uses his, you know, uh, his recency. The fact that the guy's actually been fighting, you know, he's put in 10 rounds since Colby's last fought, almost two years since Colby fought his last wins. Masvidal, Woodley, Robbie Lawler. I mean, none of those guys even still fight in the UFC. Legends. Time, well, no, no legends. Legends. Three legends. last um, legends. Well, no, Woodley's not Ma- a legend. Well, he is a legend. No, well, he is a um, legend,
1: he's got more defenses than the, Leon. Lawler, he's got more the
0: fight. It, the lawler fight was actually, you know, I think it's still impressive legend. in retrospect, but those yeah. other two fights I think mean very little. Um, and the, the really the last time he beat an active fighter was RDA back uh five and a half years ago, um, who's a career lightweight as well. So, perfect, um,
1: perfect. Now yeah, he's gonna be now, he's gonna be Leon Edwards. What are they gonna be, say now? Leon, Leon, what are they gonna say through? after
0: he does that? by uh 49-46 on one card and then 248-47s for Leon. So
1: there's no way that Leon's going to be winning to uh, a championship round here. It's not happening.
0: So that's going to bring us to the co-main event, the flyweight rematch between Alexander Pantoja Brandon Royval. Odds for this one, Toja -190, Royval +160. Their first fight a good one, competitive at times, um but uh you know, Pantojo was able to take Roy Val down early. Roy Val did a good job avoiding uh Pantojo getting the hooks in. You know, he was just constantly moving and, and scrambling on bottom. They get back to the feet and Roy Val's landing some strikes, you know, uh pumping out volume, throwing some good Hands to the head and body that looked to make Pantoja uncomfortable. Pantoja was retreating, he was getting hit, his body language looked bad, but then he would also fire back a big right hand. And because Roy Vall has terrible boxing defense, he was getting tagged and hit by those punches and, and they were mm-hmm. affecting him. And then in mm-hmm. the second round, where I remember the odds vividly that the Roy Vall was a minus 190 favorite going into the second mm. round. Um mm-hmm. Pantoja just gets one back take or one takedown. One back take, he gets the second hook in and he taps Roy Val right away. So, with the first round, he wasn't able to get the hook in, but then Toja got the, the hook in in the second round. And then he got, and then it was like 20 seconds later, he was pretty he quick. Was tapping out. He was, he was out. done. He was done. Yeah. Okay. It'll be your turn in a little bit. So, just uh, settle down there. Um, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was thinking, you know, I was thinking going into this fight that I was going to pick Roy Vall. I think he looked better mm-hmm. lately we got beat on uh Nicolau. you know, he starched Nikolau uh pretty easily. It's just a nasty knee up the middle there. And I was thinking I was going to go Roy Vall, but then rewatching their first fight, man, um and you know, just going oh, oh the 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 fight with uh Bonterine also is a big one. Roy Vall, man, he just he sucks at wrestling. He he gets taken down so easily. He gets put on bottom and his striking he just gets hit, man. This guy's got no defense. He doesn't see punches coming at him. So Roy vault can have some success standing here. I do think that those kicks knees and long punches can give Pantoja problems, but with the, the reliable wrestling and back take game of Pantoja, I just think it's a matter of time before he gets a good takedown gets that second hook in and he might, He might tap Royvall just like he did the first time, or he might just ride out those back takes and and win round that way. So I think it'll probably be like a Pantoja sub in the second or third for a pretty similar outcome to the last time. Um, But, um, you know, Roy Vall's grown on me. Seeing him win the belt, I don't think would be the worst thing. I think it would provide for an entertaining uh, championship run. Um, So I would be happy with either guy winning here. I really like this matchup. Excited. uh, We're getting to see it and who you got here
1: yeah so i was initially committed to just taking whoever you didn't take right so just going opposite you but man dude i just can't pick brandon royval just can't do it man i was thinking of it and then i'm kind of just trying to consider as well like you know the last fight the pantoja fight against moreno i thought pantoja was gonna lose that fight a, a few different times but he just kept digging deep and you know finding a takedown doing what he had to do um, you know, obviously he did take some damage there. Um, but I think he should be okay for this fight. And Brandon Roy I just feel like, like I said, man, I feel like a lot of the stuff that he does is just lucky. I feel a lot of the, the ground game that he puts out there is just BS. It's just like spin around, hope like you're, you'll find a submission or that the guy won't, can't hold on to you, uh, for, for too long or can't get a better position uh and like you said on the feet it's not like this guy is like a pinpoint striker he doesn't really use his movement uh very well defensively uh he he kind of looks to put strikes you know big strikes that you run into out there for the most part and then he looks to grapple you but it's, it's just him him looking to go for like guillotines or looking to spin and scramble with pantoja. i just don't see how that goes well for him and it told you his cardio looked great in that Moreno fight. I, that was the b- biggest thing for me, um, seeing him go five. And, uh, and you know, Roy Val, he hasn't really, I mean, I think his cardio is okay, but then he also did an embedded, I don't know if you saw, Martian. he did 10 miles. Like he did like a 10 mile run, like mile high. But he said, dude, that he did it in like six minutes, 30 seconds. And pff, I don't know, dude. An average? <laughs> yeah, dude. That's I don't fair. really believe him.
0: Sounds unrealistic, yeah.
1: Dude, that's at a ha- at, you know, it's not quite a half mile. But I know guys that like you know they're the decent runners, dude, and they're doing that at sea level at like you know, like eight minutes, like 7:30, and he's telling me he's stopping to with the camera crew and all this bullshit. I don't believe him, dude. <laughs> but either way, I just think that Penthoja's gonna put hands on him, and he's gonna keep his belt. And Colby uh, will be the new champion, so technically there'll be two champions in Florida.
0: Yeah, and then the uh ITD heavily juiced here minus five. Royval, if
1: Royval tires, dude, and he's getting grappled, he's getting submitted. It is yeah, one hundred percent.
0: That's true. Yeah, I mean he his his defense to that Runic joke just looked horrendous, dude.
1: Dude, this guy's defense on bottom is go for a submission or give give your back. And that yeah. guys is not defense, okay? If you didn't know. And right, yes, and I will say also, Pentosha showed some good ground and pound
0: against Moreno. He was landing some good shots on him. The I, I rewatched that this week too, and a judge actually scored that four-one Moreno. Like, that was crazy. Uh,
1: I was on Moreno. I was on Moreno, or, or I lied about him, and I was rooting for him. But by the end, I knew I was like, when he got taken down in the fifth round, especially, I was like, there's no way you can win the fight. No,
0: yeah. But that was an absurd scorecard. But um, moving agree. on to a, a great fight in the welterweight division, uh, Wonderboy Thompson at the ripe age of 40 years old, still taking on the top contenders, Shavkat Rachmanov. And Shavkat's a huge favorite, minus 660, Wonderboy plus 485. Regardless of what happens, I think Wonderboy's got some fucking balls of steel to be accepting this fight, and I can't wait to see this one. So w- what are you thinking happens here?
1: I mean, it's insane. Like, is L- Wonder Boy literally picks up kids for an after-school karate dude? He drives the van, and he is showing up to fight this goat killer from Kazakhstan, trained by Henry Hoof. Um, who it looks to me like uh Shavkat is like the guy that they're like, yeah, this is our like, this is our next guy. Like, I feel like um henry hoofd is like establishing that like gilbert burns i feel like they're all kind of like accepting they're like yo this, this dude trains with us he's the next guy and ian gary probably kind of caught that drift and he was like all right i'm out of here peace um yeah so you know uh, Shafkat his his last side against um neil showed his shin because he got clobbered a few times there while he was looking to implement his game and he's just weird that he has like that clinch game that, um, you know, he's throwing elbows in there. He's throwing like little, uh, knee, like constantly throwing like big knees, uh, hiking up, you know, to the body, um, where it's like really hard to defend. I feel like sometimes people throw some, you know, wussy ass knees that, like, ah, oh, man, maybe it hits you in like the hip or like your thigh or some shit. But Chef Cat's like throwing those where, like, you either have to block them or even if you block them, they're hurting you. So, you know, Wonder Boy, his footwork is great. But if you saw that, um, Kevin Holland fight, he, when he does start to fatigue, I feel like he he's okay at keeping the uh, work rate with the strikes. But I feel that just like what you saw in the Gilbert Burns fight and the uh, Bilal Muhammad fight, when you get your hands on this kind of person in the later rounds, he's just not built to uh, muscle endurance-wise also be able to like stand up and fight back. So I feel that maybe... We see some big strikes exchange in round one, but when round two and round three comes in, I feel that there will be some kind of clinch exchanges where Shafka will drag him down and look to put some ground up pound or uh, finish a submission on him. And I think that will happen.
0: So your pick is late two, three sub or something. My like pick that? is like round two uh,
1: submission for Shavgo.
0: Yeah, I-, I see the fight in a pretty similar way. And, um, You know, I'm just really impressed with Shavkat. I had a lot of questions about the guy going into the Jeff Neal fight, and he somehow managed to answer just about every question. You know, durability looked great. Ate some huge punches. Cardio looked great. Uh, Just some of the more extended areas of a fight that we hadn't seen him in. He looked great. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the guy you were talking about the knees, to the body, just like he, he throws them with, yeah, like some incredible intent. And like, you just see when guys tie up, I mean, he, he rips those knees to the body and he threw so many elbows versus Jeff Neal. And uh I mean, the guy is just, he's good at, at distance. He's good in the clinch. He could take you down and submit you. I mean, this guy just seems like he's going to be an absolute problem. And I can't wait to see where he goes. And I think wonder boy will, you know, uh, like, like, I just totally agree with what you said. Wonderboy was probably gonna land some. They're gonna exchange around one. But then once Shovcot starts going to that clinch and ripping those knees to the body and maybe mixing in some takedowns, I think he will start to look like the minus six hundred favorite at times. And I'm just about to look up these lines um for the for the sub here. Uh sub two or three, plus three sixty for for, for Shafgott. So I don't think that's the the greatest line, but um yeah, I mean, I think Shafka will uh, will win the fight. I think it probably will be by finish, but where the line is at minus two thirty five seventy percent for a finish here. I mean, how many times has Wonderboy been finished in his career? Like w- once or twice. Um, once he got Pettis, knocked Pettis, out. Pettis, no, that's Pettis. the only one. So the only time he's ever been knocked out in in uh, nineteen UFC fights is one jumping out of nowhere huge punch so i think 70 percent for shot got finish is is pretty overrated so um uh, ozzy i'm getting some sort of feedback from you from your microphone i don't know what what noise you have going in the background but um we're moving on to the lightweight division here we got tony ferguson patty pimblett patty minus 320 tony plus 260 um You know, at one point in time, I was a Tony Ferguson fan, but somewhere along the line, uh, it was before the Gaethje fight. I just knew that he would lose that fight. And, um, you know, ever since then, the guy's, you know, been looking, been looking terrible, been taking damage. And I just decided that I want to see Tony hurt in there. And, I, and I've gotten that <laughs> wish. I, I I said before the, the Michael Chandler fight, I said that everyone in the surrounding rows around the ring should bring their baseball gloves so they can catch Tony's head when it gets decapitated. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, that's as cl- about as close to a dead body as we've ever seen in the octagon. And I just love that. And. Patty, Patty Pimble, stinks. And this guy is not really good at anything, but I hope he he puts a beating on Tony here. And I just want to remind you guys that uh, I, I, I put a link on Twitter about this about a month ago. But if you Google um, Tony Ferguson wife, uh, I don't know, domestic violence or something like that, he didn't exactly, you know, hit his wife or anything, but this guy was totally schizophrenic almost five years ago. I'm talking like hearing wires in the wall, thinking people were coming after him. He was like waking up his family in the middle of the night and being like, we got to go. They're coming for us. And then he would drive them hours and hours away in the middle of the night and shit like that. And that was four years ago, guy, or four or five years ago. And since Sounds then, like quality time. You sound yeah. <laughs> like you want to spend time <laughs> with his family. Yeah. It's just his version of like an impromptu road trip. Um, yeah. But I mean, just, just think, if this guy was schizophrenic five years ago, and he's gotten knocked out several times, and taken all these beatings, and gotten hit in the head times, Marching, Marching, a hundred times, Marchand, Marchand, he's week.
1: doing how weak with David Goggins. We know that's he's another crazy. thing. That's,
0: that's good we thing. know he's yeah. crazy. You telling us the
1: obvious? That's thinking. Well, how is going to help him? How is he going to defeat Tadi Pender?
0: He's not. He he's incapable of, of stringing together any coherent. uh offense or game plan or he might have a moment like he had a moment where he knocked down for uh chandler and then he had a moment where he knocked down bobby green what did he do with it he did fucking nothing he has no idea how to follow up anymore like he he he's truly lost out there he is truly uh we have witnessed him lose his mind in real time and uh, i hope patty pimblett um, knocks him out and uh Pro- I mean, how many I, in, in a row? Up- how
1: many in a row would that be lost for
0: seven? Years. It would tie a record for BJ Penn <laughs> of the most losses in, in in history. So oh
1: shit, it would tie P- BJ. Damn,
0: was- I've enjoyed I enjoyed that one too. Seeing you know B- BJ Penn's delusional ass out in Hawaii running for like you know government positions that don't. All even- right, all right, all right, all right. I would love right, to see that. Right, so uh, yeah, right. P- Patty Patty by knockout is the pick.
1: Sounds good. Yeah, I mean, um, amazing fight. You know, I, I I um disappointed that we've only been able to see we've not been able to see Patty for uh, 12 months now. Um I, I'm not sure why that was. I know he had that injury after the Jared Gordon fight. But I heard also um on embedded, I think uh he's gonna be a father of twins. Did you did you hear that, Marsha? Uh, to- d- did you hear Tony? that? <laughs> no. no, not Tony. Relax, did did Yeah, you? yeah. Take His it easy, Martian. Wants, wants you really hate to Tony out. that bad. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, Patty, what do you think about that? Patty being a dad to twins.
0: Yeah, I mean, the guy, you know, shoots loads. He looks like a guy who does. Lord Jesus Christ. But, anyway, so
1: I don't even know why uh, why I brought that up. But, yeah. oh, oh, that we hadn't seen him for a year. Yeah, so maybe now uh, he's going to get back to working. So, um, with Patty, though, he I just feel that physically Tony – he just doesn't have like he is not able to hurt guys as much or or when he's following up like you're saying it's because he's not as quick and um and and like nimble. I kind of saw that uh, more in the DS fight, which uh, he just looked like decrepit and old, and he just That's looked true. like all his normal movements that uh, beforehand you would think that very looking fluid and this or that maybe confuse um, the person that he's kind of throwing them at. Now, at this point, they're so much slower that him, you know, being able to do all these kinds of things and throwing this kick and that punch and all these kinds of things, or the grappling especially, um, is not really, um, going to be a detriment to someone like Patty, who is, I think, versed on the ground. So I, I actually think that, uh, they're probably, ah, is there going to be a finish? I don't know. I feel like Patty will go for some submissions. So it'd either be Tony showing good, um, uh, grappling defense or uh patty gets to finish here so we'll see but i'll pick uh tony to win fuck you
0: damn tony round Um, two i will say um from a betting perspective though uh, tony sub at 1400 seems like yes um, hopefully
1: they hopefully they get into like a leg locking duel like jamal jamal emers versus pat sabatini and but there's tony, tony do we you know, know
0: does tony even train mma anymore like do we know that i don't know i'm not sure um so next fight last fight on the main card or first fight in the main card um vicente Luque taking on ian machado gary odds for this one gary minus 405 luke A, plus 305 your turn to give us your thoughts on this one another head case yeah. on the card uh which one which uh, one the guy mm-hmm. who had a brain injury, or the other guy? No, no. Surprisingly, the the other guy.
1: The other guy got you. Yeah. So I mean, the, Gary, he he's swelling to even a bigger favor, right? So he's going over four hundred now. And I mean, I would have to think that wh- whatever happened in the trading room between these guys is common knowledge. So I think it's pretty known that Ian Gary would get the better of Isata Luque. He's just quicker and all these kinds of things. Really, like. But Sate Luke, he's probably he's probably good in the gym as well. When he used to be coming up, because he would probably be a go to war guy all the time. But he can't do that as much now, so he probably gets fucked up in the gym, honestly. Um, but he probably performs better in the cage because he's like a guy that you know he'll he'll throw caution to the wind. So I think it's an interesting fight. I, I don't think Ian's gonna be able to dominate the leg kick game like he did in the last fight. Uh, um vicente looked slower and his hands didn't look as dangerous versus rda they kind of played a little patty cake there i didn't love that fight so i'm gonna pick ian gary still to win but i mean i can see you know ian gary getting caught man he got caught by uh son Kanon with a big shot and put down um and if he's not landing as many leg kicks i think there ends up being more exchanges so I kind of think maybe you could play Luke a by submission here but other than that uh pass fight for me overall
0: yeah no bets that um I'm really interested in I haven't spent too much time looking at the lines of this one I'll be definitely cheering for Luke a to pull it off you know just a great historic action fighter has put together a lot of great fights over the years definitely looked a little shop worn lately but did bounce back with a nice win over RDA in his last one uh, but I just think that Um, He still looked not so good in that fight. That was just a perplexing fight in in all areas. Um, So I I do obviously think that Gary is going to win. I just think that the the strikes of his are just going to be a little too sharp, precise and quick for Luque. And Luque's head is just not going to be able to get off the center line. And that's just been a problem throughout his entire career is Luke has been in so many wars and he's gotten hit so much. And he's been OK at times with, you know, getting hit once or twice to land his own two or three strikes. But I just think that that style is not aging for him very well. And it's not going to do well against, the, you know, the younger, quicker uh, Gary, um, who does have very precise striking, you know, definitely is a sharp striker. And for as annoying of a personality as he is, um, you know, I do think the guy is, is a solid fighter. Um, but I just would love love to see the guy against a wrestler, man. I mean, how many strikers has he fought in a row uh lately i mean um I really don't... question mark yeah, I mean, I don't think they'll do that though because they i think they they like Gary too much and they they wouldn't do that but yeah, I do mean, you think about that it, like, but, you think about that guys? yeah i would i would um I would lean Sean's way I, I honestly even think Bilal would take him down and grind him out. I think um Shafka would do dirty things to him um so I mean I, I don't even think he's really top five right now. I really hope they don't somehow launch him into yeah. you know, a title shot if he somehow wins this. But I was uh, I
1: was interested in when I heard um someone asked like they're like um uh to Leon Edwards, they said, Oh, what do you think about Ian Gary? And like, is he a threat? He's like, honestly, no, like skill and that was like one time where I was like, he's not talking shit. I definitely think he like believes that like, he's like Dude, I trained with this guy. Like, this guy's no threat.
0: <laughs> well, he probably, to, to give him a little credit, he left, like, three years ago, I think. And he's definitely gotten a lot better since then. Man, so, he was just um,
1: training there the other day, bro, when they kicked him out.
0: No, bro. That was, like, that was at least, like, two years ago.
1: No, bro. It was got before the recent. UFC. He got kicked out again recently, bro. He went back to the gym. I don't think that's. They just said. It. Yes, they did. Because they said that he had the girl with him. And he definitely didn't have the girl with him. Uh, was married to her two years bro, ago
0: i don't think he left for america like a like a while ago bro i'm not i don't think that's true bro he well, was I'll, back I'll look into over it. there in europe in between fights N- not at the, the same not at nights. the same not the not the rocky edwards gym he was bro he definitely was there recently and that's when we no. had the in why do you think
1: that interaction came up that you think they were talking about because oh they're on the two same years card. ago we threw him out no yeah yeah eh.
0: no bro, bro it was it was years ago it was years ago um right, i'll right, look at i'll look right. it up in between all right, go ahead between. all right please but uh, please I, I go i'll go uh gary decision what how do you think it's gonna go um ian gary decision sure yeah all right um prelim fight next first fight or our last fight in the prelims josh emmett versus bryce mitchell kind of a late notice fight here supposed to be mitchell versus who um mitchell
1: ver- it was supposed to be emmett versus giga
0: right right okay so it, Mitchell's the one taking it on short notice, and he is still the favorite uh, coming in here at minus 230. Josh Emmett plus 195. Um, you know, I bet against Mitchell in the last one with EA, I, I, I don't regret that bet at all. I think it was, you know, a r- razor close fight that Bryce Mitchell really pulled away at, at key times of the fight. But E. A. was doing well. He was landing big shots. He, he was um, busting him up on the feet because Mitchell's boxing defense is not very good. And as long as this stays on the feet, you know, Emmett probably will give him some trouble. But I just think Bryce is going to find a way to get the fight to the floor at opportunistic times, just like he did last time. I mean, that 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 takedown that he landed at round two versus Danny gay was incredible. I remember him being like a plus two fifty dog live. And then he gets that one body lock takedown, lands right in the mount and then he, boom, he was a huge favorite. He totally, you know, saved the fight for him at that key moment. And, you know, it was impressive. As much as I I am not a fan of the guy, um, I do think he'll he'll land some takedowns here. Um but you know short notice uh you know near 70% favorite over a stud like Emmett who comes from a wrestling background who has had pretty good takedown defense and you know is a a good boxer with heavy hands um i definitely think it's it's Emmett or pass here um but i will not get around to a bet but i wish Emmett the best and i hope he knocks Bryce's head off so what are your thoughts here hmm. interesting so this is one fight <clears throat> where I can confirm
1: how action on the Bryce Mitchell side. So it was at, it opened like minus like 150, 60, something like that, went down 40 range, and then taken off like a rocket ship. Don't like that. I think that's too much juice, but I'm trying to think about, hey, third fight for Emmett this year. He did get hurt, uh, a bit in both of them, right? Especially in the Taporia fight. Coming back here now against a grappler where we really haven't seen Josh M on his back too much. Um, I think he exchanged some po- positions with Ige, um, Bektic, uh, or no, Bektik didn't get in on his legs. But that was mostly it. He's been mostly the best wrestler, better wrestler, able to stay up on the feet. Um, but his speed, I think, looked regressed in both the Yair fight and the Taporia fight. And honestly, the way that he got triangled against Yair looked pretty pathetic. Um, so, as much as I think he is live here, I feel that mm, I'm going to think about this more. And I think I might let it just uh, uh, inflate a little bit more because he does throw some good hands. And Bryce Mitchell in the bigger cage, maybe he has a harder time uh, getting to like. When he was going against Ige, he would follow up his takedowns really well. But I feel like if he had to do the initial takedown part more times, he might get fatigued on doing that and then get hit by a better striker than Ige and what I would consider Emmett. So I'm leaning towards the Emmett pick or Emmett bet, but I haven't gotten there yet.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, who was the last guy who really tried to take Emmett down? Um, nurse sock, or, um, or um, uh, Dan Ige tried to landed three takedowns, three of three, didn't only control them for three minutes. Yeah, Ige, I think he did well dealing with the takedowns versus Ige. Um, but yeah, he hasn't fought many wrestlers in his run, and it's been a while, so I feel like it's it's kind of un, un, unknown how Josh Emmett's takedown defense is going to look, but that's a good point about him t- taking a lot of damage this year. I mean. Taporia beat the living shit out of him in that fight. And that was less than six months ago. So um, enough about that one. We're moving on to women's fight. First one for us, uh, Bantamweight division, Arena Aldana, Carol Hossa, Uh, And we have Aldana here as the favorite, minus 185. Hosa plus 160. Give us your thoughts on the first women's fight on the card. Banger, right? Mexico versus
1: uh, Brazil. Heated rivalry and in this rivalry i will be going on the side of carol who marcia hosa carol hosa so going carol hosa here in my opinion you know obviously she's objectively the younger girl she has the better ground game in my opinion better mma game overall more fight experience has been more active um and you know just a volume just after seeing Arena Aldana's last fight, it just it was just a stupid fight. It, she shouldn't have even been there, but she just didn't really do anything. And Carol Hosa, she does a lot of things, not that well, but she just keeps doing stuff. Like this girl, um, won't stop. I think even though she and and she's shown a good chin, like you know, she gets hit. And arena, O'Donnell, she's got some power, but Hosa has never been finished by knockout. Is women's MMA? She's eleven and three in decisions. She's born in uh nineteen ninety-four, so she, you know, her birthday's in two weeks. Um, I feel a lot of good energy going towards the Carajosa side. And uh hopefully both these women make weight because Carajosa's last fight was at 145, I believe. Um but yeah, I like her. So, as an underdog, um we're Duffy, I'm definitely riding with her.
0: Um to uh retreat a little bit uh, i can't find a definitive answer but I, i'm leaning towards you being right about um gary training at um edwards gym more recently that's than right expected. that's right so that's right. um not confirming it but i believe you are right um okay so i also will be on the host side here um slow starter i can Keep see you're agreeing with me I could see Aldana landing some strikes early on because hosa I mean, she just um, had a slow start versus uh, Kunitskaya, um, rallied back to win the second and third, had a slow start versus uh, Dumont, really only got going in the third round there. And I really think she's kind of just letting these fights um, start too slow and she needs to get in, in there and get in her face more, but. Really, I mean, with Aldana, not a good wrestler. And then once she gets taken down, man, she's a fish on her back. So I really think if Hosa gets one takedown, boom, that's the round. That means she's she's you know up either one zero or or one one or. I just think that a takedown is a potentially round winning moment for Hosa here, and I think that she's not going to watch totally... the up kick to the liver.
1: Just watch right, the exactly up
0: kick. that that that's the shot that uh, that saved her that that basically got her a title shot. She was. One one minute away from being uh 28 by Macy Chasson, lands an up kick to the liver gets a title shot that's women's MMA for you so it's I don't amazing. think I don't think Hosa will be um you know out of the fight when it's standing I think she'll be outmatched but I just think she needs to get in Aldana's face spam some strikes try to get this fight to the cage and land a fucking takedown i really think it's as simple as you know going for takedowns and if if hosa comes in with the right game plan to to wrestle i think she's gonna look like the side easily so smaller bet for me only three quarters of a unit but i'm in on hosa here that's gonna take us to the next fight in the bantamweight division men's division former champion cody garbrandt taking on brian boom Kelleher odds for this one garbrandt minus 190 kelleher plus 165 so garbrandt did get back in the win column in his last fight versus travin jones very measured boring approach where he was just uh you know retreating a lot he was sticking and moving he seemed to be finally aware that his chin is terrible he needs to stop exchanging in the pocket and it for the first time in years he showed um like he had like a decent game plan and he fought Um, Okay, but then in the third round, I mean, he just was running away, not really doing much, Um, eventually got taken down by uh, by Trevin Jones there and and lost. He almost got pounded out,
1: dude. He almost got pounded out by Trevin Jones.
0: It just made me think that if Jones. Up the aggression early in that fight, he really could have taken that one. And I think Brian Kelleher is going to do a little bit better than that. I think he's going to throw more punches than Trevin Jones did. I think he's going to possibly look to take the fight to the floor uh, more often than, than Jones did. And, you know, Cody comes from a wrestling background and did at one point have good takedown defense, but it certainly didn't look like it versus uh, Trevin Jones in that one takedown we saw. So I think Boom just needs to be active in there, kind of similar to Rosa, man. Just get in there, don't be scared. And and, and let your opponent, you know, lands just the, the better strikes and outbox you. Just make it ugly, throw a lot of punches, mix in some takedowns, and you know, try to win the fight on activity. Um so with Cody also um looking to jab and run away a little bit more, the no scorecards prop seems good for Kelleher here because I, I don't think that I don't think that Cody's like looking to sit down on his punches. Oh I would career. love
1: to kill one. come on please. Come on, Martian. That's what we want to see, dude. We want to see Pedro Munoz basically, uh, Cody Garbrandt yeah, right here. That That's that was we good.
0: We need a That's yeah. So boom, boom, boom. No scorecards, and I, I'm in for boom money line uh, for one unit too.
1: I want these. These this this might be combined the shortest uh reach uh of a, a of a men's MMA fight ever, right?
0: Uh, there's no that one du- That one dude in flyweight has like a 59 inch reach or something, doesn't he? Then, some some short armed little Jesus Aguilar, the guy's name I think is yeah. But, uh, and and, and Ross and
1: Shannon Ross, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: oh, yeah. Oh, 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 it's my turn. Yeah, 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 Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm not really sure about the fight honestly because I didn't look into um, what Boom Kellaher's been doing since he got uh got the surgery and then you know where where he trained at. Um, that would be not that is super important to me, but I'm I'm just curious. Was he training in, you know, around here in New York? Was he, did he go somewhere else where he did the rehab afterwards and, you know, something like that? Uh, But Cody, I just, I don't like, I don't like what I've seen from Cody Garbrandt. He moves uh, a lot, a lot worse. He doesn't really have uh, a lot of offense and kind of like the in-between areas. And he's like very much slanted and tilted towards uh, basically brawling. And when he's not brawling, I don't really think he's that effective of a fighter, um, so I want to see that dude. So this is going to be my just observed fight of the night. Um, so yeah, I pass on it though for sure. completely.
0: Yeah. I mean, I could see that style working against boom where he's being elusive and hitting them, you know, but it's just inherently very thin margin. I mean, he, he only landed like 30 significant strikes versus it's a horrible yeah, it was it was it was terrible. Um and I, I get the over seems good, but I, I imagine guys if boom Kelleher goes in there and rock 'em stock 'em robots and knocks Cody out, how dumb would you feel if you bet the over? I think the the, the, the better bet is um uh Kelleher money line. And also, I think I'm thinking about this fight. I'm thinking about it on like a, a higher level here. So Brian Keller's past two oppo- opponents are were, you know, dark horses. Umar Nurmagomedov, Mario Bautista, two studs, tough fights. They both took him down. They both submitted him. I mean, I feel like this fight, he's fighting Cody, former champion on a main card or uh, mm-hmm. on a pay-per-view card. For, um, mm-hmm. He's not going to try to take him down. I just feel like this is like a good motivational get-back spot for Brian Keller where he knows that this is not as dangerous of a fight for him. He's not going to fight a guy who's going to take him down to submit him, and he's got a, an opponent with a good name value and they can really, you know, boost his career a little bit. Um, so inside uh, the um, distance, Ryan Callaher, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, knockout. Um, so next fight is a women's fight that I'm interested in, uh, flyweight division. King Casey O'Neill—that's her name, right? King Casey O'Neill versus Ariana Lipsky—is she the Elbow Queen? That's her name, Queen of Violence. So wow, we got the Queen of Violence versus the King here. Um, So I'm going (laughs) with the Queen, the underdog, the Brazilian Ariana Lipsky. You, 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 you,
1: you, you gender traitor, you gender traitor.
0: Well, the thing is, so my again, my um, my boy Joseph Coco is a big fan of Casey O'Neill, and she's done she's a nice- she's a nice lady she really is she's has genuine interactions with her fans and uh has had some good moments for us and, and some of our friends her feet look um, good,
1: her feet look good
0: uh yeah, I don't know about those personally, but i probably i would imagine so um and so Casey's cool, however, <laughs> I just think that her fighting style is a little bit of just you know kind of spam and strikes out there. I don't think she has a whole lot of thought behind her strikes and um, same with her wrestling. I think she's, um, you know, she doesn't really set up her takedowns too well. So I think when this stays in the feet, I think that those, those, um, kind of loopy and, and noodly strikes of O'Neal aren't going to be working against Lipsky. So I think it's the sharper striker of the two. And I think when they tie up in the clinch and, O'Neal is going for takedowns. I think Lipsky has become much better at dealing with takedowns, at stuffing takedowns, landing some clinch strikes, maybe getting off her back a time or two. And she's fought um, two good fighters in a row, Melissa Gatto and J.J. Aldrich, and you know won those fights pretty clearly in my opinion. I mean, the Aldrich fight was, uh, uh, you know, a complete shutout for Lipsky, and as a huge underdog in that one. So uh, and the Gatto fight, I think, was good, too, with her dealing with a wrestler. So I like Lipsky in this fight for one unit, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Sorry, I think I was on mute. Um, Yeah, so this is
1: actually a compelling 125 fight. Uh, Ariane Lipsky, like you said, we've covered her numerous times uh, because, you know, in this fine program, we don't only do uh the main card or you know or skip the prelims we do all the fights so obviously ariani Lipsky, you know we're very familiar with her and our listeners are as well um so we've backed her a few times like you said against me mandy Baum, and she's collected some ufc experience and she's now here on her uh like this rise you know of you know part of her career where she's on i think what like a two or three fight winning winning streak now i guess um, Casey. After her last, uh, or after her knee surgery, she didn't look good against Jennifer Maya. But the worst thing was that she didn't really look to get takedowns or sell out on the wrestling ability. Mm. And although I like to get the girl with the better grappling game, uh, um, especially when I'm betting a women's MMA. Uh, if one you're not gonna push it, and maybe because you you know it's stalling out, maybe you know you're kind of getting to the level where the other girls are competent enough. But if that's just not going to be embedded in her game plan, then I don't really think that she's a favorite, uh, has a favorite kind of style of game or physicality or anything like that. So I also have Ariane Lipsky here. And that is, I could tell you, that's a sharp pick for sure this week. Um, So we'll see how we do with that. But yeah,
0: Ariane One Lipsky, bad decision. I'm worried Lipsky. about i'm worried about is is casey's you know mma judging uh never good especially with women and with with casey's style what like a, what I do women like have to do it? she does have uh a decent like floor for being in a striking fight, just because you know that she's going to throw so many strikes out. there. I mean, Jennifer Meyer was boxing her ass off the entire fight, but she still apparent, according to the stats here, she still landed 43, 47, 47 strikes per round. I don't know where they got those numbers from.
1: Ariane Lipsky hits way harder than both of those girls.
0: Mm, I mean, Jennifer Meyer sits down on her punches and she, has if you two, look at Ariani
1: Lipsky, definitely hits harder than Jennifer Meyer. I would say,
0: dude, I don't know. I don't he know has more that.
1: finishes, I would guarantee.
0: I don't know. Okay, I know you don't know, but I mean, uh, yeah, I, 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 but bro, she, uh, Jennifer Ma is a sturdy woman, she's got her feet planned to the ground. She are any tw- Lipsky
1: cracks, bro.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think she hits soft, but I think that, um, I don't know about that one, but um, so yeah, I hope that, um, I hope that you know, Casey doesn't, you know, volume spam her way to a decision here. So that's going to move us to the light heavyweight division we have Alonzo Menafield taking on Dustin Jacoby the odds for this one have Jacoby pretty juiced here up at to minus 300 right now Menafield plus 250 so pretty crazy line not often you see Jacoby as minus 300 I'm interested to see if you have any interest in the dog here because I'm sure that you have no interest at minus 300 Jacoby
1: Yeah 100% um uh like you're saying uh the 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 odds that he took off here so um you know Jacoby, he has a pretty well well developed game overall um in terms of he's improved his like wrestling and grappling as uh as his fight career has gone on but he still has the pedigree of a uh of a glory kickboxer um and he's fighting a guy in Menafield who has traditionally you know people have kind of thought of him as like a brawler a banger things like that um but he 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 has also showed some takedowns, I guess. Training with Pat Berry, uh, it, it, they focus on their ground and pound and, and their ground game there. Uh, so honestly, I couldn't pick Jacoby. I mean, I couldn't bet Jacoby here for sure because a lot of the metafield, the way to take advantage of him is kind of tiring him out or um taking him down, I would say, like being the better grappler. But I don't know if Jacoby's really going to look to implement the grappling, he's probably going to say, Hey. I'm, I'm gonna be able to see, i'm quicker than him i'm gonna be able to see, i have a big big reach i, I think he uh, i don't think he has a reach advantage but he he's a big uh light heavyweight i'm gonna see everything coming i'm gonna counter him and i'm gonna look to knock this guy out like he has his last few opponents so i think that's his game plan so i wouldn't want to invest in him at that game plan given that even though he is good um but i did catch on him last time i was on i think you were on kennedy right yeah i think you were yep um and yeah you were so you know i had jacobi there jacobi by knockout here i think he could do it again and i would probably lean towards the under because i think he's coming in here to make a statement but this is another fight i'm definitely passing on
0: for sure but i, yeah. I would
1: it would be benefit or pass for me at the betting line
0: Definitely would be meant to their past, and I won't waste too much time because I inevitably don't think I'll be making a wager, but I just have some questions about Jacoby's work rate. And, you know, you theoretically, he should have the better cardio here, but he has had that advantage in several of his fights lately and has kind of underwhelmed. And I just think, you know, he's so heavy on his lead leg. He's not a particularly great, you know, wrestler. And I just think that this is a dangerous fight and I don't think he's going to really pull away like people expect him to. and. His KO line is like, isn't it juiced? No, 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 not quite. Um, It's plus 185, but... Um, Stop accusing
1: so yeah. him. Stop accusing him of yeah. all that, bro. I, I think that. this
0: one... I mean, I think Menafield is just, you know, dangerous. He's black explosive. I think he could have a big moment in the first round here with a takedown or a punch or something like that. So I definitely think it's Menafield or passing. I think if you get in on him early, I think he's definitely going to have a, a moment. If he has a moment here, it's going to be early. He's not going to, like, come back and win his way into the fight. I think- I'm
1: taking I'm taking two two and a half under
0: at Pickle. Hmm. Interesting. I think um I, I would be maybe looking for uh yeah just metafield before the fight and then maybe look for Jacoby live. Uh if if he gets under. to the second round, if Jacoby gets to the second round, I think he he will be pretty safe. But just this minus three hundred juice on him is no bueno. That's gonna be under two us- and a half. Move us to the flyweight division. We have the all American wrestler Cody Durden taking on gear Ulam Bekov. Out to this one, have gear 170, Durden plus 145. I got my boy Cody Durden here. Um, you know, this guy is just perennially underrated. I think he's won what three straight fights in a row as a dog, yeah. Pretty, pretty sick. I mean, and the JP Buys fight was uh, a pick so. I just think this guy is underrated in the market and consistently, you know, three unanimous decisions and a knockout. Three of those is a dog. Um, and, you know, not a some of those. He was like plus one seventy five, one eighty five. And this guy just keeps finding a way to grind out fights. I mean, he's had issues with cardio at times early in his career, but I think he's consistently getting better out there. I think we've, we've really seen Cody get better in front of our eyes over the past two years. While, while Tagirul and Bekov, you know, have we really seen the guy get any better? I, don't th- I think his best win was the Bruno Silva fight uh, over three years ago. And the Nassimento fight was a boring land prey. Tim Elliott out hustled him to a decision. And then he choked Nate Maness out in 60 seconds. So we really haven't seen anything impressive from the guy in the past three years. And I just think his style, considering that the Elliott fight where Elliott was able to take him down and wear on him and to grind on him against the cage, um, I think. I think Cody's going to do the same, and I think Tagir is going to give him some trouble at range, but Cody's not going to keep it there. He's going to get the fight to the floor. He's going to grind this one out, and he might be in a trouble with a submission or two at times, but we've seen him battle through that. Uh, Jake Hadley had him in a nasty armbar. It looked like he was going to tap, and Cody Durden escaped that shit and beat him up the next round. So Durden's just got that dog in him, that All-American wrestling, and I think he's going to grind Tagir out here to a 29-28 decision victory. As the dog for the fourth time in a row, so you got to bet in on and What price? One forty-five. I think maybe one forty-five. Yes, one unit. Okay,
1: and that is right now. I'm looking right now. It is still one forty-five. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I I I like Cody Durden in this fight as well. And the only thing is though, I would say that I don't mind the pr- like the price right now. I think is good. Like getting anything around there. But my one issue is. Dad, I feel like Tagir is definitely a, a a a threat to come in heavy, bro. And you know Durden's not not taking the fucking fight. So and I, I honestly, I would not want to bet if, if if Tagir comes in at like 129, 128, I don't want the Durden ticket, dude. Because a big part of the reason I like Durden here in this fight is because, like you said, his submission defense, the guy is tough, dude. And he's been through a lot of tests. Like like I said, he's he's fought makayev right? Another kind of like Russian wrestler and stuff like that. But he's fought, you know, a, a, a nice diet of, of of guys in the ufc and these dudes like tagir i like fading them because he's coming to ufc and i've not been really impressed by the guy at all and i feel like sometimes these khabib dudes they just be fighting like like what's his name uh abdak uh what what, what what's his cousin's name the guy that Abu fought Bukhar? yeah like i feel like a few of these guys they, and, and the other guy the 145er are um uh, his, uh zubaira he's, he's zubaira I feel like some of these guys, they just fight for fucking fun, dude. And just to be around and be like, hey, I'm training with you guys, so I might as well fight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's like Tagir, dude, this dude Tagir is not getting a belt, dude, or nothing like that. So I got to fade him here. I got to fade him in these opportunities. But I just don't like the fact that I think he's going to come cheating in here because I think he's weak in these third rounds. And and, and my boy Cody, he be building. He builds on in these fights. He, he, he looks better in the second and third rounds. And he's hitting his stride. So I'm riding with Cody Durden as well.
0: I think didn't he win the third versus Elliot and then he he dropped the first two if I'm correct um I don't know. I, I'm, okay. I'm pretty know. Sure, I'm pretty sure but um let's see yeah Elliot won the first two unanimous um that was fun to see to to see Khabib pissed off about that decision um next one featherweight fight here one of my favorite fighters in the roster Andre Touchy feeling taking on Lucas Almeida odds for this one have Andre minus one seventy Almeida plus one forty five your turn to start this one off
1: um given so this is a fight given (coughs) excuse me given the last it's like a fresh matchup because lucas almeida even though he came off contender (coughs) excuse me he fought uh trezano and then um pat two very different fighters i would say that feely is more like trezano but more (coughs) experienced has like that sharp jab i'm not confident enough in feely to lay the chalk on him but I would just think that this fight ends up being competitive. Feely is a lot older. He's taken a lot more punches of late and stuff like that. You got knocked out by Brito. So I wouldn't really want to invest in him at chalk. And I don't really have an opinion on the uh, total either. What do you think?
0: I like this fight. Um, I think it's a, a tough fight for Feely, but it's going to test them and it's going to produce an entertaining fight. You know, um, it's a shame that the 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 fight of the night awards and everything typically go to like whatever is the best fight in the main car. Because I think this one's got, um, you know, fight of the night potential. These guys are going to, you know, box each other's faces off in the first round. And I'm worried about Feely in the first round because he's been getting clocked lately. Wood dropped him in the first round. Brito knocked him out in the first round. And I just feel that Almeida Style, this guy is absolutely uncorking left hooks. I mean, he throws a hundred and ten percent power in all his shots, and I think that's a little bit of his detriment because I think that once that those big bursts of power kind of uh, go away, he he doesn't really know how to fight at more of a measured pace. And I think that if Almeida is is not able to knock out Philly in the first round here, if he gets to the second and third round, I think Philly's going to take over on experience. I mean, the difference in UFC experience is 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 crazy here. I mean, I would I would I don't know the exact number, but I would bet that Andre Philly's got three hours in the UFC cage compared to Almeida, who's maybe barely got 30 minutes, right? Yeah, that less than 30 minutes. Even if you count his uh his Zellhuber decision fight, um, we're still, you know, talking barely, barely 30 minutes in the UFC cage. So uh, I could see this one being, uh, you know, a wild competitive banger early on. I could see Almeida landing that left hook and maybe giving Feely some trouble. But I think inevitably Feely will weather the storm, make it out of that first round and then use his experience uh, to take this one into the deep waters and uh, to take over late. Also, the take, I mean, Lucas Almeida is just a bad defensive wrestler and Feely has an explosive double leg takedown. He doesn't keep opponents down often. Um, but he does know how to time a good takedown at important times of the fight is. So if Almeida is really swarming him, you will see him go to that double leg takedown. You know, you saw that in the Sadiq Husev fight when they were banging it out at times in that fight, we saw Andre Fili explode with a double leg takedown and kind of relieve the pressure a little bit at times and allow him to reset and to, you know, get back into his rhythm. So, uh, I I think that Feely's jab, his head kick, his leg kicks uh, will will take over here. I just think he's the sharper, more precise, and direct striker of the two, and that will will win him the fight in the long run. So look for Andre Feely live. Almeida's best moment will be in round one, and I'll be looking to jump in on Feely's live number here. Next fight is a heavyweight fight between Shamil Gaziev making his UFC debut, taking on Martin Buddy Budai here in the heavyweight division. The odds of this one... Budai minus 135, Gaziev minus, or excuse me, plus 115. So all the action is coming in on Gaziev here. Uh, Budai was minus 185, I believe, to start fight week and steady action on Gaziev here. I'm on um, Buddy, man. I, I think that we have a much, much better idea of the quality fighter uh, Buddy is than vice versa here. I mean, we've seen Buddy put in uh, multiple decisions in the UFC, fought in. A different level of, of competition. We've seen him fight some bums. We've seen him fight some okay guys. Uh, he hasn't really fought anybody, uh, really good yet, but I'm not convinced at all that Gaziev is good. I mean, if you look at record, um, he's fought, you know, two or two or three decent opponents, uh, you know, Krill, uh, Darko Velasco, but a lot of his other wins are over complete cans. And the Krill fight, he took him down in round one, and in round two and three, he barely had anything left in the tank. He was kind of just attempting takedowns, failing them, leaning on him against the cage, and Krill really couldn't escape uh the the that control against the cage. But I think Budai will. Budai is comfortable in the clay, in the clinch against the cage in that grindy, ugly fight that we've seen him in a few times in the UFC, and I think that that's what this fight's gonna boil down to. Is it's gonna be a sloppy back and forth grinding, uh cage wrestling fight in the second and third round. And I just trust uh Budai a lot better at that that range. And you know, Gazche punches, man. This guy's are weird. I mean, he his hands it seems like they never go above like his pecs, like his shoulders, like his hands are never at his chin. He's just throwing these punches from the hip. And his hands are coming right back down to his hip. It was really, really weird striking style of Gaziev. So uh, I think this guy's a gasser. I think that in the second and third round, Budai's got the much better cardio and pace, much more proven of the two. And I think that um, outside of a round one finish, the Gaziev's drawn pretty thin here. So if I were Gaziev, I would go for it in round one and try to score a knockout because I think a longer fight will not favor him and he will lose that one. So yeah, interested to hear your thoughts on best the one bet. heavyweight fight. Best
1: bet, best bet. Yeah, I'm, I'm in on Martin him. Budai. Minus,
0: 140, minus 143 for me. So,
1: Mar and Buddy Buddha. Buddy fights, we bet on Buddy. And I think I learned that. I, I don't think I ever went against Buddy. I think some other people at some different points have gone against Buddy. But now people know after his last performance, after his you know finishes, and just. When you think about the heavyweight, when you see Buddy Budai compete, and then you think about the heavyweight division, you come to a chilling, gripping fact that Buddy Budai is a fucking problem. And as much as the Gajiev guy can look Shamil, you know, look ominous, look like a movie character, like, uh, you know, I, I don't even know what what, what he was star in, but he looks like a guy in, like, John Wick that would get killed. and he's he's just not gonna have the gas i don't think to put buddy down and and then be able to to effectively hold him down and damage him and then as buddy uh his his world-class cardio is gonna shine through um he's his his engine will only be uh further showcased by how how uh, much slower uh shamil uh will, will be getting and uh we might pick up a late finish here as well so um, but the money line I, I, I'm going minus one thirty five on Buddy Boudet. should be an easy victory, honestly. and uh yeah, let's let's get some inside the distance, hopefully,
0: yeah, the round two, six hundred, round three, eight hundred, not too good. Hopefully those open up a little bit better on FanDuel in the coming um the coming Best
1: days. of the night, Buddy Buday.
0: Gadjiev looks like like a, a bouncer at like a club who like uh like knocks out like smaller drunk guys and like like gives them he, brain damage. He
1: reminds me of like a guy that would be on Barry. Now that's what like one mm, of the Yeah, know, there you go. That's like, a good You model. know the Chechnians or that. Yes, exactly, bro. Like one of the uncles good. or some shit like that. That's what he looks like.
0: I love it. B- and Buddy just looks like a nice guy. Looks like a guy well, he's who the would man. be making like, you know, cabbage and pierogies on on the side of the buddy road.
1: buddy is low key athletic too he is
0: low key athletic and the last fight on the card uh queen's own randy brown kicking off the, yes. the ufc Ooh. card i mean the guy's got like 15 ufc fights and they're still making them kick off the ufc card uh in the welterweight division randy brown versus muslim salikov odds for this one rude boy minus 260 with uh what's this guy like the kung fu karate master or something the, yeah the king, king of, kung of kung fu, fu i think so. that's a good yeah. nickname um uh, he is the dog at plus 220 so um your turn to start this one off last fight on the card for us yeah, pretty high
1: level fight, even though it's like, like you said, the first fight of the night, Randy Brown's grown up, not grown up in the UFC, right? He went to do ring of combat, but a lot of his professional experiences coming to UFC, he's, he's proven to be, you know, a tough, tough out. He's well-rounded. Um, He's, you know, got a long, that long jab, long attributes, and he's continues uh, to get better. He's training now. I know uh, his jujitsu, working on it w- along with his wrestling and uh, his, his conditioning, I think, always looks pretty, pretty solid. He puts up a, a good work rate. And I think that he has a lot of tools, along with the youth, to take out a guy like Muslim Salikov, who I thought looked a lot, uh, pretty diminished against Dolby. And apart from a, a landing a big, one of his big uh, strikes, which, you know, the guy is the king of Kung Fu and a potent striker and you know r- very very talented but unless he you know kind of lands one of his big uh kicks spinning kicks or a big right hand on randy or something like that i just feel that the jab of randy will really bother muslim will um he he throws to the body as well throws a lot of uh, uh good front kicks and uh body strikes uh you know at times i think he put um, uh, he knocked out brian uh Barbarina, i think with a with a body kick uh uh teeth to the to the body um And yeah, just, I just like his overall makeup as an as a MMA fighter. Um, so as long as he can avoid uh, getting hit with a big shot, I think he should sail to victory. Um, And even if you can get close to like 250, I, I wouldn't mind him as a parlay piece compared to some other fights on the card. So I like Randy Brown here for sure, though.
0: Yeah, um, you you brought up a good point uh, before we started recording. You just said there's no way Muslim Salakov is getting any better, and that that's completely true. I mean, the guy is 38 years old, right? 39 actually, and. There's just no way that this guy is like improving at this rate. He's not getting any better. He's not adding any layers to his game. He is the fighter that he is. And Randy Brown, um, who is, you know, a, a bit flawed, and I think he's a little bit of an underperformer at times, but uh, the guy still got a much, much higher ceiling and uh, has had a pretty solid UFC career for the most part, um, you know, 6-3, and three. and, you know, had some close decisions go his way, but I think he's, you know, got some solid wins on his record, you know. Uh, Just a lot, a lot of guys, pretty much all of his UFC wins, I think are pretty solid. So, uh, and I I think he will win this fight here. I would be looking for um, a live bet because the money line too juice for me. I, I don't like it uh maybe muslim can have a big moment in round 1 here and i think that's going to be very correlated to his success because as you mentioned the dolby fight just you know hit a wall 7 8 minutes in that fight just uh, same with um jing liang one round one off jing liang it just it seems like in round 2 this guy is completely fading and he just can't fight past you know seven or eight minutes anymore so i would be looking to fight uh, before the fight look to play some sort of round two round three brown variant maybe brown round two round three sub and then uh maybe look to get in on brown round one hoping muslim has a big moment in the first tier. so uh, i think you're pretty on point with everything there That is going to do it for this card. That is going to do it for this year. We broke down every single card. I think you maybe missed maybe one or two episodes. Um, But, you know, for the most part, we've been breaking down every single fight throughout the entire year, trying to give you guys some good bets. You know, introducing the FMK segment, which, you know, 99% of people accept some from some asshole from New Jersey Uh, that everyone's liking it, you know. Um, so we're going to wrap things up, uh, with one more FMK segment, and, uh, that'll be it for the year of 2023 for us, Ozzy. So I got you some lines right off the bat, some enticing bets for you. This, this is going to be a a challenging one for you. Okay. So I'm going to give you three underdogs, three money lines. First things first, Brian boom, Kelleher plus 165, Ariana queen of lip Lipski. Plus one sixty five as well. Last but not least, Colby Chaos Covington plus one forty five. So all three dogs right in the same price range. Give us your thoughts on which one you're effing Emin and k n My bad, my bad. Yeah, I was muted. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was. I wasn't muted, and then I muted myself.
1: Um. So yeah. So I'm gonna the the first one was Brian Kelleher, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm Mary. I'm gonna marry. I'm gonna fuck. Uh, Colby Covington i think he's as underdog bet like him a lot i think he's gonna he's gonna do his thing but his main event variance, whatever i'm gonna marry ariani lipsky the queen every queen needs a king and i'm riding that this resurgence from ariani lipsky straight to the bank and then i'm gonna kill uh brian boom kelleher unfortunately i don't think he's uh i think he might lose that fight anyways so let me come back right at you martian so First, I'm going to give you Andre Feely -170. Secondly, I'm going to give you uh Martin Budai -135 and then last Carol Holsa +160 FMK. Go.
0: Mm. Nice. Okay. Well, um I will be I, I'm actually I that's a good one. Um a good one tough but i i feel good about these ones i'll be starting things off with marion the big man marion uh budai martin buddy budai i like him in this fight i think uh, i'm getting a little bit of fraud vibes from Gaziev, honestly so i'll be marion budai um I will be killing my boy one of my favorite fighters in all the UFC I'm killing him unfortunately just because I like I think he's going to struggle early on and rally late in the fight killing Andre Feely, which leads me to fuck Carol Hosa she might not enjoy it too much because uh she doesn't swing that way um but you know I'll do my best uh Denise Gomes impression and uh I'll try to satisfy her in any way I can so I'm fucking Rosa Hosa and sweet that is going to do it for us. Um, we'll we'll give you guys like a recap of how we did uh, mm. at the end of the next episode. You know, we still got one event left. Um, you know, I think there's uh, a rising card to end the year, but not too much MMA in the, these last two weeks. So I uh, hope everyone enjoys. I mean,
1: there's no there's no events left. There's the last event.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm saying like uh, like there's no like, re- oh, uh, there's um like uh, cage warriors, but there's not much like regional stuff going on either. I don't believe either lfa it looks mm. like. Um CFS. People that's... want to
1: crit, they want a Christmas. You want uh, the people want a Chris, TBD. The people want a Christmas episode. But yeah, we could end it now.
0: Yep. All right. Well, thank you to everyone for listening throughout the year. Hope you're all able to win some bets and enjoy the podcast. We will see you all before the next UFC card in the year 2024. Peace out, everyone.